Because of the following special program, WKRP in Cincinnati and Lou Grant will not be presented this evening. The following program was recorded at an earlier date for broadcast at this time. Welcome, welcome, welcome to E-Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again, E-Society Podcast. We talk TV, movies, comics, collecting sports, and everything entertainment. And this is another end-of-year pod. But before I go any further, it's the Nuz! Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? I know we should have had these out a while ago, yeah. but uh, the storms, uh, yeah. earthquakes, um, yeah. still got to tell tra- that story. Air travel, <laughs> <laughs> everything is just yeah. fell apart. I uh, know parts of uh, California are underwater, and I don't know. People are saying getting ready to live like a uh, water world. So that's what they I don't say. Know. And uh, Reno. Will be the new West Coast. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'll have beach, beach uh, front property, but I don't, I don't yeah, want yeah, that. Susanville. I don't, Susanville. <laughs> I don't want that because <laughs> everything would have, would be underwater, including you. Right. So no, we we don't want. Yeah. That. <laughs> Damn, this coughing won't go away, everyone. But before we dive into anything else, we're recording this uh, on January 7th. Uh, shout out to um, my wife, Renee. Birthday was yesterday. Happy birthday. Shout out. Happy but birthday. Brother Zisu. He hey. is, what are you, 50 now? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 44. Yeah, well, a few more years, you'll be there. But happy birthday to my brother. Hey. Um, him, I always got to thank him. I'll thank him some more at the end of all this, but <laughs> yeah, we are here, everyone. Uh, thank you, everyone that listened to the uh, Disney Plus slash One HBO Max and comic book movies. Thank you all. One of one of my friends reached out to me and was like, "Dude, really? What? I don't know why everyone's hating on Black Adam, but come on, man. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're not getting any more, but just sadly." Take- what it is. <laughs> Fuck. <clears throat> All right, everyone. We are going to do uh, TV tonight. And, um, yep. Uh, I'll let you kick it off. Uh, you got 10 TV shows? Yeah, I got 10, and I got four that didn't make it. I'll mention it at the, at the end so it doesn't spoil uh, any surprise of what's to come. Um Coming in at my number 10 spot, uh, a show I recently just finished. And honestly, when I finished it, uh, it probably slid down the rankings because this show had a super strong start. I talked about loving it on the show, um, but it slowed way down. And uh, Big Brother? No, 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 no. <laughs> You know, Shout out to no, Andy. I gotta definitely got to show Big Brother some love on this just because Andy, I, spent, I love you. Uh, the most time all year long <laughs> on that. But uh, yeah, my number 10 spot's going to go to FX's uh, Steve Carell and Dom Hall Gleason starring The Patient. Uh, 
yeah, like I said, if you've been listening to the show, you heard when this first came out, I was loving the show. Hella good. They hit like beat by beat for the first few episodes. It's just hook after hook and it keeps the tension and the drama up high. Uh, basically it's the story of this, um, young kind of, um, you could say he's like a psycho, this young killer, Dom Hall Gleason. And he, um, I got to give away just like the first hit of the thing. It's, it's not that much of a secret. The, the first big hit is, uh, he goes to see Steve Carell, the psychologist. And next thing you know, uh, Steve Carell is locked up in his basement and he wants him on hand to try to help him be better. So he's, he wants, he just wants him there and the hits, like I said, kind of keep coming, but it did hit a lull which I had this around like six, seven range. But uh, when it hit the lull, I thought that it really hurt the show because early on it was just like surprise after surprise. There was like three, four, five surprises at the very beginning of the show. And then it kind of slows down. So, but it was still deserving of a spot and uh, thought it was worthy uh, of my number 10 spot. And that was, uh, like I said, FX's The Patient. Alrighty, um, I still didn't uh, check that out yet. Yeah, um, you, were, you were hyping it up and Night Court. Yeah, bringing that show back. Sorry, everyone. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, my number ten spot. This is the show. Um, I can't remember if it made it last year or if it was honorable mention. Mentioned, but Abbott Elementary coming in hot oh, at number nice. ten. Uh, follows a group of teachers brought together in one of the worst public schools in the country simply because they love teaching. Uh, this stars Quintana Brunson, Tyler James Williams, the beautiful Lisa Ann Waltner, Janelle James, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Chris Perfetti, and a bunch of other people. And this show is hilarious. Um, I'm strictly streaming, so I'm watching this like the day after it airs. It's an ABC show, so it's on Hulu. But man, this show was hell funny. The only reason I watched it is because the, the first season because of Lisa Ann Walder. She's hilarious. She's been in a ton of movies. I met her at the when she was in this film called um, The Ice Cream Truck. And she was really cool. Told me an awesome story that she did. When she was in uh, Tom Cruise's War of the Worlds or Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds, um, she and we, she was just hella cool, and I've I've always liked her. So she's my favorite character in this show, and it's just hilarious on what's going on. These teachers dealing with all these kids, and them just trying to deal with the school boards, trying to get funding for their school to keep their school open and everything, and all the hijinks that comes along with it. But yeah, this show is hilarious. It's real hits you in the feels and everything. I believe it takes place in uh, Philadelphia. Um, it's kind of filmed like um, Parks and Rec because they're they're talking to the camera and they're like getting interviewed every now and then. So it's kind of like that. So, but um, if you guys haven't seen it, there's two seasons now and it's hilarious. And I love this show, so it definitely had to make uh, my top ten. I can't really think of. I I guess I can think of some. Honorable mentions, but uh, maybe I'll think about them as we get uh, yeah. to the end of this list. Yeah, but number 10, Abbott Elementary. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about it. I haven't seen it yet. The one thing that made me really want to check it out, I don't know if you saw that episode yet, but uh, my beloved Warriors, uh, Andre Igudala, I heard was in an episode. I don't know if he's in multiple. I know he's in one. I saw the clip. So I don't know if it's even just one scene, but I don't know if you saw that yet. I think it was just the one episode. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to number nine, uh, sticking with Hulu, uh, just like my number 10 spot. And this was uh, the show The Dropout, the TV series that chronicalized uh, Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes' attempt to revolutionize the healthcare industry after dropping out of college and starting a technology company. This one starred Amanda Seyfried and Naveen Andrews, who a lot of people would know as Saeed from Lost. Uh, William H. Macy was also in it. Sam Watterson. A bunch of people uh, were in it. Uh, I thought this one was really well done, really well acted. Uh, Amanda Seyfried uh, pretty much nailed her impersonation of Elizabeth Holmes. Um, this one was interesting to me because I had already kept up with the story I had talked about before, um, out for blood in Silicon Valley, the, uh, documentary on HBO that was about her story. And of course, like they've done datelines on her in 2020s and things like that. Um, real interesting, real life story. So, um, it was definitely deserving of, uh, the show that it got here. And like I said, uh, really well acted too. So, uh, I thought it, uh, deserved a spot in the countdown. Cause, uh, even for a story I knew, I thought they did a really good job telling it and it kept me intrigued and into it. And it did bring light to things that I hadn't heard even in like the documentary and things like that. So that was cool. So yeah, that's, uh, at my number nine spot and that's, uh, FX's the dropout. Wow. Um, I don't even think I heard. I'm not. I'm sure you mentioned it, but I. Yeah. <coughs> I don't show remember. Once or twice. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember it at all. But um, there's a lot on Hulu that there's I want a lot. To watch. Uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. still. Watching. I was just talking to Jade the other day. I was like, "You watch a lot of Hulu, right?" And because I was like thinking about uh, which which streamers I use the most. And I think uh, I think Jay, one of Jade's most is she's nodding her head. Uh, yeah, Hulu for her. <laughs> oh, good. You guys better be using it because I can't be the only right. one. <laughs> yeah, <So>. yeah. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Paramount, Peacock, all that. <laughs> yeah, I just been wrestling for Peacock and movies. But I, I'll give you a right. quick little honorable mention. The show's not over. It did start in 2022, but it's like right in the middle of it, and it is good. I've talked about it before. This was uh, Alaska Daily. Um, oh, yeah. I didn't want to put it on the list only because the whole thing wasn't finished. Like, it's good now, but what if the last half is just garbage? So, I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't want to. You want to make that sure. On there. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, moving on to my number nine spot. Uh, this is a show based off of a, a book series from Tony Hillerman, and this is uh, AMC's Dark Winds. Based on the Leporn of Cree novel series by Tony Hillerman is set in the 1970s. Dark Winds follows the FBI investigation of a bank robbery in Gallup, New Mexico, and the Navajo tribal inquiry into the local murder of two native residents. Lieutenant Joe Leporn is now Deputy Jim Cree and Sergeant Bernadette. 
I can never say her last name, Man, Manolento, I think, or do heavy lifting around the reservation, which near Monument Valley, the strange behaviors of some of the residents and the newcomers intertwine with the personal stories as two men battle to focus on of evil and their own personal demons on the path to salvation. Uh, this show was awesome. Um, I... I know some people were like, ah, it's just a white guy's interpretation of what goes on on the res. I, I get it. Yes, it was written. The stories were written by, by a white guy. But what can you do, man? I mean, we, I mean, we can write everything. I mean, and it just sometimes doesn't get picked up. But I, I understand when people are, are saying stuff like that. But um we're an entertainment show, so I, I got to watch these things and bring them to your attention for those of you that don't don't know. Um, the cast, uh, Zon McLaren, he's a Joe Leaporn, Kyle Gordon, uh, Jessica Matten, uh, Elva Guerrera, Yana Allison, Rain Wilson, Jeremiah Bitsu, Bitsui, I think that's his name. He was uh, one of the dudes and he's in Better Call Saul as well as Breaking Bad, one of uh, Gus's guys. Uh, Ryan Begay, Amelia Rico was what's her name in this? I want to say Irene, but I think of I might be thinking of another show. And friend of the show, Eugene Brave Rock, he's in this show. I had no idea he was in it until he awesome. pops up on the screen, and I was like, oh yeah, Gene. <laughs> so uh, he was pretty. He was in the whole series, so it, it was awesome uh, to see him in it. Kyle Gordon, he's awesome. Uh, I loved him in. Um, was my number one movie a few years ago. What the hell was that one? Zombies up in Canada. Yeah. I know what you're uh, talking about. Yeah, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> it. Uh Elva Guerrera, awesome. Uh she's in Reservation Dogs. And uh she um she played a young uh, a pregnant Navajo girl in this, so it was really cool. And Rain Wilson, he was like just a a sleazy uh car salesman. He was badass. But Zon McLaren, he he was pretty much carrying the show. But it was it was a good show. I liked what was going on. I wasn't sure if they were filming this on the res down in Arizona, uh, but it turns out they were because some of the stuff looked like like green screen, and on like how they filmed it. So I, I wasn't really sure, but it turned out I did some um, investigations, investigating, and they did film film it down there. So cool, right on. But uh, the show was good. You can tell who's Navajo and who's not. When they start speaking the language, um, Navajo is re- a really tough dialect uh, to master, and it, it's only funny. I mean, I, I can't speak it fluently; I can understand it, but when I hear it from uh, non-Navajo speakers, uh, it just kind of makes me laugh. But it's still awesome right. to hear, and it's awesome to have this show. I did pick up the Blu-ray. Uh, there is, a, I guess, there's some making of on here. Oh, I nice. believe it's. Uh, yeah, it's two discs, so um, twenty bucks. I I couldn't. Well, do it. I, I d- definitely had to get it at that uh, price for um <laughs> yeah for <laughs> for my collection of all my uh, indigenous uh, films and television shows. But yeah, this show's awesome. Um, it is low at the list because I I ran through this list with one of my friends and she was like, I figure that would be up at the top. I said right. it was, and then I started seeing things, and it just started to go down. I knew it right. wasn't going to be off the list, but it, it had to stay on the list. So this is yep. as low as I can get it. But uh, coming in, number nine, uh, AMC's Dark Winds. 
All right. Uh, so now I'm at number eight. Um, I guess I didn't realize uh, when I put this list together, my the bottom three here on, on my list uh, were all FX related. So back to FX and welcome to Wrexham, the docuseries that chronicled the purchase and stewardship of Wrexham AFC, one of two professional uh, football's oldest club by two Hollywood actors, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Um, this was a full um, 18 episode series. So that was really cool to see. Uh, I guess that was like part of the plan, like just in general, when uh, they went about buying it, part of the, the offsetting the cost uh, of the series was that uh, they were going to do this docu-series. So for better or for worse, but uh, it really is interesting and intriguing all the different steps because also you have so many different players. You've got Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds, but you've also got the players and they bring in the new manager and they bring in like a star and there's all these elements to it. And when they bring in the star, like he gets paid big time money and then they cut to uh, like, five players like are sharing a house on their own and they're watching their phone to see when their paycheck hits. So it was like an interesting, just like levels to it. And then of course, you know, you got the, the uh, Hollywood stars, but even right off the bat, they're talking about how like, you know, Rob McElhenney, he's like TV money, but he needed Ryan Reynolds. Like, movie star money and tequila money and cell phone money and all the revenue streams that Ryan Reynolds has. So, um, but yeah, it was cool just because, um, it wasn't just a quick thing. Like it wasn't just like a six episode thing. It was a full 18 episode thing. And, uh, it was really cool to keep up with. And, um, they're still involved with it. They're actually bringing the club to the U S, uh, this year. Uh, and they're going to do a tour around the U.S. Uh, with Wrexham AFC playing all the uh, uh, MLS squads. So uh, that's kind of cool. And uh, it, I, I assume uh, the series is going to continue. They're just going to keep up with, uh, you know, how they can do it. It was interesting, too, because right off the bat, they talked about how, like, this could be great. But in the end, we also could be, like villains if this doesn't work out so but it's cool i mean you know it goes to show they are they do really want this to work out because um while i'm familiar with like how football football english football soccer to some uh operates like the way rexham afc the way they're um, set up there's like the premier league up top that everybody knows. And then there's a league under it, a league under that. And then one more under that, that's where Wrexham AFC is. So, and they work with a whole system of promotion and demotion. So the goal is for Wrexham to eventually climb the ranks and climb the, the standings. Um, it's probably too much to ever ask them to make it all the way to premier league, but it's also not impossible. So um, I do hope the show continues just to see what, what happens. Cause like I said, you, you see 
you see the top level, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney, but then you see the players, and but you also see like the people that work at the stadium and their stories, and like the people in the the pubs, the bars. So it's really cool, uh, and I really liked it. I thought it deserved a spot in my countdown. So that uh, my number eight spot. It's Welcome to Wrexham. All right, now was on FX. Yep, yep. FX. All right. I am going to shudder for my number eight. Um, documentaries are a part of TV, so that's where I'm putting this. And this was one that I was really, really looking forward to. I just couldn't wait until it came out. I've been a fan of this band since the 80s, um, probably during the second album. And I just love this. It was, it was really emotional at times watching this. I mean, I pretty much in my teen years being a part of uh of this band not being in the band but being a part of the audience to seeing them over and over every time they came to the bay area and then since they've been coming up here i just saw them recently at aftershock fest wasn't the greatest set but they were still awesome uh and this is the shutter exclusive this is guar the powerful mm. story of the most iconic heavy metal art collective monster band in the universe as told by the humans who have fought to keep it alive for over 30 years. Yeah, it, it was it was just their story of, of Guar and how they began and who all the members were. There were so many people that were in the band and all the characters uh, were changing as, the, as it went along. I believe it started in 83. Five, I think I came in like around eighty six, eighty seven, but um, yeah, this this band is tough, and this documentary was really good. I loved it because they pretty much talked to everyone on how it started from just Dave Brocky being crazy with his band, and then this other guy I can't remember his name plays Techno Destructo. He was the one that um helped them uh, make all the costumes because he was an artist, and then he was a part of the band, but then. If you've been in a band, uh, Don Dracolich, I think that's his last name. I mean, it just, you start to not hate each other, but you start to get at each other's throats when you're in a band for so long. And just ideas and people get big heads and this and that. So, but it was it was a good story. It was a good history lesson on on the band. If if you guys don't even know who Guar is, I mean, if you have Shutter or if you have AMC Plus, uh, Shutter's on there, and this is on there. Definitely check it out. It's it's a good if you just like documentaries on just weird stuff. This is definitely weird to check out. And if you ever get the chance to see Guar live, definitely do yourself a favor and see it. Um, I think this is something that everyone needs to see to experience it. Uh, shout out to Tommy Boy. Yeah, uh, he he experienced it with me when we went to Comic Con that one year, and he he had no idea what it was. I was trying to explain it to him when we were going, we were standing in line to go in, and he was like, "Okay." But once it got going, when it was over, he was like, "Wow!" <laughs> so I was like, "Dude, you you experienced it, man." So, but yeah, it was it was real. It was really emotional, and uh, the passing of uh, Dave Brocky, uh, the lead singer. He passed away at the age of 50 uh, in, what was it, 2014? Yeah, March 23rd, 2014. Yeah, he passed away in Richmond, Virginia for the drug overdose. Uh, I believe it was heroin. And 
Yeah, I remember when that happened. Uh, hearing the news that Dave Brockie, he played uh, Orders Hurungus. He was a singer. And I I couldn't believe it. Um I they they came to Reno one time and they were they were signing order. If you bought their little program, you got to go backstage and you got to to meet them all and you couldn't take pictures or anything. That sucked. But I got everyone that was in the band at that time. Uh, I got them to uh, sign my uh, <clears throat> my little program, so that was really cool. I was happy that I got that. Uh, also, there was another member in there of the of the band. I'm trying to figure out. Um, he was a guitar player. He just went to sleep and never woke up uh, when they were when they were on the road. Um, Flatus Maximus, he was uh who that was played, I can't remember the guys. There was a few guys that that uh that took that had that name uh, through as members throughout the band, but yeah, he I don't know, he just had some kind of it was a brain hemorrhage or something. It just he went to sleep and that was it. And it was it was weird. It was it, that one was a shocker too. Um but when Dave Brocky passed Odorous Yurungus, to me I was thinking, is that is that it for Guar? That was before this um, documentary came out. But they go into the story and of why they kept the band going and why it's still going. So I was like, all right. Because at first I was like, when they got that new singer, I was kind of like, mm, really? Um, but I was excited that the guy that plays the new singer, um, uh, Mike Bishop, he used to be Beefcake the Mighty uh, back in the, the Scum Dogs of the Universe days. Um, he plays both Lara the Berserker. He's he's he he can sing. He's got a higher range because uh, I always liked it when he was Beefcake uh, when he would do his song from uh, Scum Dogs of the Universe. A uh, cool place to park. He always did background stuff and everything. So I, I always thought he had a cool voice. So now he's up front. He had left the band for a while, and uh, he came back in 2014 to uh, to take over uh, as vocals. So. Um, I've seen them before. Uh, the first time I saw them was when they played uh, in Reno when uh, when he took over uh, on vocals and everything. And I've seen Guar, I don't know how many times in the Bay Area and when they came to Reno and Sparks at all these little small little places. I think one of the best places I saw them was in San Francisco. I cannot remember the name of the place, but it was hella small. There was like no room to do anything on stage and if you if you are a, a fan of guar you see how much stuff they bring on all the characters that are on stage all that ones other than just the band I mean, they bring in all these other side characters if you guys seen my videos on tiktok of uh the the performance that i filmed uh from aftershock that was only just a handful of stuff because they said they couldn't bring everything they have everything uh, with them but they just couldn't bring it onto the stage um, and they did do all the blood stuff, but they didn't really go overboard probably cause they didn't have the crew to clean up, um, <clears throat> and get the stage ready for the next band. So, but, uh, this is Guar. It was an awesome documentary and just listening to everyone tell their stories and how they got involved with the group. Um, listening to, uh, people that were just like fans, um, uh, Ethan Emery. He was in that movie um, Empire Records, and he got to be in a scene with Guar. They filmed a scene at um, at uh, some concert he was at, so they can add it into the movies where he gets uh, his character gets uh, pulled up on stage and then to get eaten by this big maggot thing. And um, I remember we were, I was talking to him at uh, Texas Frightmare, and I asked him about that, and he was like, "Yeah, dude." He goes, "It was a live show." 
and they just brought me up and said they were going to film it because they, they there was a video of it out there when odorous was like all right you guys aren't going to get this but uh here you go so they started playing a song and then ethan emery came out and he was in his um his outfit that he wore in the movie and he was up there rocking and then they killed him. So, but that was really cool. And, uh, everyone else that was just chiming in, uh, on the stories and everything, even weird Al, he came in and, and gave his two cents on what he thought of the band. But yeah, this is Guar. It was, it was really good. It was an hour and 52 minutes and I was just glued to the set, but I knew I was going to shed some tears when I got to the Dave Brocky part or, um, when Maximus, uh, when he, uh, he, he died, the guitar player, but it was really good. I watched this documentary three times and all three times I had tears coming out of my eyes. So again, if you have AMC plus or shutter, definitely check out, uh, this is Guar and that is coming in at my number eight spot. All right. All right. All right. Uh, keep it rolling with my number seven spot. Uh, Definitely a late-in-the-year entry for me. Uh, I talked uh, a little about this show on the, the main show, but since then, uh, the second season has come to an end. I didn't watch the first season live when it first aired, uh, but uh, definitely went on a kick uh, here at the end of last year, and this was uh, HBO's The White Lotus. An all-star cast head to a resort and unleash their worst, most privileged impulses. The series is a sharp social satire following the exploits of various guests and employees of the fictional White Lotus resort chain, whose stay becomes affected by their various dysfunction. A week in the life of vacationers is unraveled as they relax, rejuvenate in paradise. With each passing day, the darker complexity emerges in these picture-perfect travelers, the hotel's cheery employees, and the idyllic locale itself. Uh, like I mentioned before, um, each season uh, appears to be like a different location. Uh, season one was Hawaii; that was cool. Uh, season two, they went they went uh, to Italy. So uh, I was a lot more excited about the uh, the first season's Hawaiian location, but uh, I did come around on Italy. And overall, I think the season two cast uh, ended up being a lot more uh, enjoyable as far as their stories and whatnot. Um, the season two cast, it had one person uh, return, one character who was at the the Hawaiian White Lotus location, and then she returned to this Italian location. That was uh, Jennifer Coolidge. But uh, the rest of the season two cast included F. Murray Abraham, Adam DeMarco, Megan Fahey, uh, Tom Hollander, Sabrina Impacatori, Michael Imperioli, Theo James. The one person that uh, intrigued me the most to, to get me to check this out, period, was Aubrey Plaza. She's in the second season of this. And when I saw that, I was like, I heard so much good about season one, but I never watched it. And seeing her that she was going to be in two had me uh, want to check this out. And uh, in the end, I was, I was glad I did. The first season definitely took a while to grow on me. Uh, like I said before, the whole draw to the show is that they show you at the very start of each season that uh, somebody 
dies. <laughs> there's somebody, there's a character that doesn't make it through the week. So it shows you somebody's dead. It doesn't show you who that is. And then it says one week earlier. And then you, you kind of go through the week and it's interesting because they definitely make you feel like it could be anyone. And they put everybody in these situations where are like, Oh, is it going to be this person? Is it going to be that person until it's revealed? So uh, this is the show is coming back for season three. I heard it's going to be like in a uh, like a Southeast Asian location uh, for season three. So that should be interesting. But yeah, I I uh, I did really enjoy season two so much so that I watched it on my own and then um, uh, had Jade do a rewatch too. And uh, while she didn't enjoy it as much as I did, I think I. And there are parts I appreciated even more and characters I appreciated even more on uh, the second watch through. So yeah, it's, uh, it's only seven episodes. The second season, the first season was only six. Um, and yeah, one more time that was HBO's the white Lotus at my number seven spot. All right. Keeping it with HBO and, uh, my number seven, this is a documentary of one of my just idols, skateboard legend uh met him once i had got him to sign one of my decks original decks uh they one of one of the many that he's put out especially uh, these were uh it was uh, one of the pal peralta boards and this is tony hawk until the wheels fall off follows famous skate skater tony hawk's personal life career and relationship with skateboarding including the never before seen footage of an un Predicted access to Hawk along with interviews and figures from the skateboarding world. This was directed by Sam Jones and starred pretty much the whole Bones Brigade and everybody that, that was a part of his career. George Powell, Stacey Peralta, uh, Legends, Steve Caballero, Mike McGill, uh, Danny Way, Lance Mountain, Christian Asoy, Tommy Guerrero, Kevin Staub, Dwayne Peters. And Neil Blender and everybody that pretty much knows him. Uh, as well as his brother, uh, he came in and he did some stuff uh, to talk to his wife. He had a few wives, and then they talked to um, his son, uh, his oldest son, Riley Hawk. That was that was tough. This I knew a lot of the story because if you've seen the Bones Brigade anthology, that was, there was a lot of that in this. But then they that was focused on the Bones Brigade. This was only focused on Tony Hawk. So. I knew a lot of his story, but then this kind of brought some other things, more of his personal life about his marriages. And then when he started having kids, especially Riley Hawk, since he was there right when Tony's um, fame was starting to come back. X Games, video games and all that. Um, and he was so young that he was basically handed off to babysitters while his dad was doing all this stuff. And. He seemed a little, <laughs> a little bitter, but I mean, I can understand it, man. If you're, you want to spend time with your dad, but your dad's doing that. I got to go do this. I got to go do that. Um, and I'm sure it's tough to have a famous parent or, or whatever, but I mean, this, this one was really good. Uh, there was a lot of good stuff in it. Rodney Mullen, man, he just, he's an interesting guy. He's an amazing skater. One of the best in the world. And I don't think anyone can touch what Rodney has done. He's done so much for skateboarding and a lot of the today's tricks. 
it was just something that Rodney Mullen had done like years and years ago. And I mean, some people, we watch him now and we like, he's over 50, probably pushing 60. And we're like, damn, man, he's still pushing it. He's still going out there. He said uh, the best thing. Skaters are different. And and he that's where he came to the title. He goes, and he goes we're not going to stop. We're going to go until the wheels fall off. And that's true. Me, I'm 51. I have no end in sight yet. When I when I stop skateboarding is when I physically can't do it anymore. That's when I'll stop. And these guys just keep on going. Broken bones, a jillion concussions that Tony Hawk had. Um, he's just had uh, recently within last year, he like broke his femur. And he came back from it. He's not doing all the crazy stuff yet, but I guess his femur didn't grow right. So they had to re-break it. And now he's had has to go through all that again. And when we fall, man, but when we're young, boom, jump right up, keep going. Now when you fall, we lay there a minute. <laughs> but um, it's cool to, to see that he's still out there doing it and um, to see where his fame came from just a small amateur to a professional to being on top of the world, then all of a sudden it just come crashing down because skateboarding took a dive and he wasn't a part of it, mainly because this new next generation of skateboarders were coming in. And we love you as a vert skater, but now hardly anybody vert skates because we're concentrating on street skaters right now. Because in the 80s and everything, 80s, 70s and 80s, it was all based on being competitions, on winning contests. That's how you got in the magazines. That's how they made videos of you. And that's how you got your name out there. But all that. I mean, today's different now, man. There's guys, you find your next writer on Instagram or YouTube or something. Like, hey, this guy's awesome, man. Way to get him on the team. And then next thing you know, they got... uh, their own boards and they got tons of money and they're out partying. And it was a lot of things, uh, s- some stuff. I mean, Stacy Peralta said it best. He goes, the, the worst thing you can do is the fame of skateboarding, mainly giving these young kids money. And, and I can, I can understand that because <clears throat> when you're young, you're still living at home and you're just breaking and bringing in all this money, especially now with these young cats that have all these sponsorships. I'm not hating on it. I mean, good, get yours. Save your money, though. If any of you are listening, save your money. Because that's what Tony was saying. He goes, I wasn't saving my money. I was just blowing it on this and that. And there was times where he, he almost had to go bankrupt. What To me, I think what saved him was the video games. When those Tony Hawk Pro Skater games came out, boom, just shot him up. He did an interview on the, the nightclub. And the host said, hey, man, how much money did you get from that game? And he was like... He was getting he was getting money. He was getting good checks, but I guess when he realized on how big it was, is when the fourth game was about to come out, and uh, the guy that was running uh, that division for the Tony Hawk game said, "Here, um, the game, your fourth game is about to come out. The other three are still selling, but uh, we're gonna put them. Uh, I think it was the the classic modes when the the games were in the green cases, like best ofs or whatever. I think there was." Uh, they were they put them out in bigger volume and they had they were like twenty dollars because I remember rebuying the first Tony Hawk because mine cracked so I had to buy another one again. <clears throat> but he goes, yeah, he goes, there's gonna be more of this, but here's just a taste of it now, and slid him a check for four million dollars. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> 
and and the money just kept rolling in because those games just kept coming out and everyone they the the, the last one the revamped or whatever the hell it was called that was a big hit and I'm sure I got millions on that they just took the first the first couple of games and redid them made the graphics better to me it's harder because yeah uh, I found it harder <laughs> for PS one it was simple it was easy I was so used to it and then when right. PS3 came out. No, two. When uh, Tony Hawk Scare Three, the graphics were different. I had both versions. I had the PS One version and the PS Three, or PS Two one. So it was the the graphics were way better, but it was it was a little bit harder. But man, but those games were awesome. I, I loved them. But me idolizing Tony Hawk, um, he's not my favorite skateboarder in the world, but he's in he definitely be in the top ten uh, of my skateboarders that that I love. Um. And Nottis Coppas being number one, and Gons being number two, and Tommy Guerrero number three. But all these guys, I mean, I grew up watching them videos, meeting them, watching them skate when they were really young, and then watching them skate now when they're when they're older. I mean, it, it's cool. But this documentary was, was really, really good. It it put me in tears. The part that got me, I did I talked about this on the show. Um when Dwayne Peters, he was an old OG skater. And hated Tony just because of basically Tony came in and pushed him out of the way because Dwayne Peters was big at that time. But then when these new next generation of skaters are coming in and doing all these amazing and crazy tricks, it pushes out the OGs. And he was he was kind of a little bitter about that. Uh, And then dealing with Tony Hawk's dad, Frank Hawk, that was running the NSA and everything and everybody used to give Tony shit. They're like, "Oh, your dad's running the contest. He's picking the judges. Um, you're you're winning these contests because these are the parks that you're at all the time." And it was just a lot of political and politics and skateboarding bullshit. I understand that, and of course, but uh, he just kind of had some shit. Uh, Dwayne Peters said some stuff about his dad when his dad passed, but Dwayne Peters' son, I think he died in a car wreck or something. And uh, I think they were at the X Games or something. And uh, Tony Hawk, they were standing at the top of the ramp. And Dwayne was standing there. And he goes, I had nowhere to go. And here came Tony. And Tony walked up to him. Dwayne was like, man, he, was, he thought he was going to give him shit. But Tony said, hey, man, I, I want to talk to you. So they kind of went off to the side <clears throat> to get away from everybody because there was cameras and all that. And he said, hey, man, I'm really sorry about your son. If there's anything I can do to help you. And Dwayne, oh, fuck. Dwayne was like, that was the last thing I thought he would say. And he goes, and he goes, I he goes, I feel like shit for saying all the bad stuff that I said about his dad. He goes, I, I I hate myself for it. He goes, but he took that time to say, hey, I'm sorry about your son. And he told him, he goes, he goes, you were my son's idol. And he goes, and I just feel bad for all the stuff that he said about Frank Hawk. But it was it was real emotional. There was a lot of stuff that got me in this. And uh, one of the other things <clears throat> before I end talking about this was Lance Mountain when he was talking about how beat up we are. I feel it when every morning. I feel it when I step. I feel it when I wake up in the morning. I mean, other than the job that I do, I'm sure my body's beat up from that. But my knees, ankles, and everything, wrists, all that from skateboarding. But I love it. I'm, I can't stop. I think I'll I'll die if I stop now. I, I just I need it. I need skateboarding. 
I've said this before. A lot of people, oh, skateboarding is a sport. It's not a sport. My opinion, you guys may think it's different. Skateboarding is a way of life. It's a lifestyle. You do it because you love skateboarding. You don't. You know, I don't do it to be try to be famous or anything. It would be awesome, but nah. I do it because I love skateboarding, and it makes me feel good. Makes me feel young. Uh, I just love rolling around. I don't need to do tricks. I like to go fast, but this was awesome. And like um, Rodney Mellon said, man, I'm not gonna stop. I'm not, I'm not gonna stop until the wheels fall off. But yeah, Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off is coming in at my number uh, seven spot. And you can watch that on HBO Max. It's amazing, amazing story. A lot of people, everyone knows who Tony Hawk is just because of the video game. But if you want to know the story, watch this. Also watch uh, the Bones Brigade anthology because he 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 talks about some other things on there. But yeah, this this was amazing. I I couldn't even tell you how many times I watched this. I watched it over and over and over. I, I just couldn't get enough of this. And this, 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 um, yeah, number seven, Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off. Nice. All right. Uh, bouncing on to number six for me. This will be a quicker entry in the countdown. Um, you know what a fan I am of, uh, my CBS reality competition shows and at number six was this year's amazing race. Uh, I talk a lot about big brother, but my favorite of the bunch really is amazing race. The only thing that big brother gives me that amazing race doesn't is we get one episode a week of amazing race. while you get the three episodes a week of big brother plus the live feed. So it's like constantly content. So I love that about big brother, but, uh, amazing race is still, uh, my favorite of the bunch. And this, this season, uh, even compared to almost any other, this is, uh, one of my favorite seasons, if not my favorite season of all time they've done, uh, loved it when it aired. And then, uh, I couldn't wait to share it with Jade when she came to visit here for the holidays. So, uh, got to watch it a second time with her and yeah, it just completely lives up to the hype. I loved the teams. Um, I always just loved the nature of the game, but, uh, this, what made this season special was the teams, uh, especially, uh, Derek X and Claire, they were on the previous season of Big Brother, and then since then, Derek X was also on the Challenge USA, and now here he is again uh, with uh, Claire, who now their uh, uh, reality-formed romance. Uh, Romance happens a lot in the Big Brother house, and uh, while it didn't happen for them in the house, uh, they did connect afterwards, and... uh, yeah, now they appear to be a couple going forward for now. But uh, yeah, great season of uh, Amazing Race. That's uh, my number six. The only the only thing that held the season back a little from being perfect is uh, the father-daughter team, which I always envisioned my, myself as uh, me and Jade as. Um, wasn't the best this year. The daughter didn't really want to do it this year, so... That was kind of sad to see. But other than that, yeah, great season. And uh, yeah, I didn't. uh, That being said, uh, I didn't want to put these shows uh, that much higher in the countdown. So yeah, Uh, number six was this season of Amazing Race. All right. Uh, For me, number six, I'm going to go to uh, FX uh, on Hulu. That's the only way I watched it. Um, this one came out uh, 
it was a while ago um and i just i just finished it because i started it and um other things started getting in the way it came out uh, may 31st of 2022 and this is fx pistol based on the memoirs of steve jones the legendary sex pistols guitarist who helped usher in the punk revolution in britain um i believe uh the danny boyle did directed these yeah um this stars that there was only one person i knew in this um what's her nuts um it's aria is that her name mm-hmm. um, yeah. macy williams she was the only one that i knew that was in it i didn't realize that was her uh because uh how she looked in it she had with a little punk rock look so and, and all these guys that played uh the sex pistols toby wallace p- portrayed steve jones anson boone as uh johnny rotten Oh, Jacob Slater is Paul Cook. Um, Thomas Brody Stangster. I think he played Mal- Malcolm McLaren. Um, who's the guy that played Glenn? Uh, Christian Lee. <laughs> Excuse me. He played uh, Glenn Matlock. And Lewis P- Partridge played Sid Vicious. Um, it was a. How many episodes was this? I think it was like six episodes. It was a just a quick story of the sex pistols on how they began who they were who each who each band member was and um this was based off of a steve jones um book lonely boy tales from a sex pistol um uh i need to read that book because there was a lot of stuff that was going on in this i mean there's been there's been documentaries on sex pistols and then uh, the sid and nancy of course um I thought this was going to be like a series and where they were going to stretch the story out to multiple seasons. Now this is six episodes, one and done to the fame from how they began, how they started to where they got to. And then the demise and there's just everything that fell apart in it. Uh, the death of Sid vicious. It's not a, it's not a spoiler alert. You know, who sex pestles are, you knew that was going to happen. Um, the little bit that they deal with, um, Nancy, uh, that she, She's the one that uh, was all drugged out <coughs> with Sid Vicious, and um, I guess he uh, he killed her in a like uh, drug rage. Um, it was it was weird. I mean, if you saw Sid and Nancy, it made that movie made it seem like Nancy was the one that got Sid Vicious hooked on heroin. I was watching one of those last forty eight hours or whatever those show that show's called, and. He was already into heroin because of his mom. She was a she was a heroin addict as well. So it wasn't wasn't Nancy's fault. But did it help hanging out with Nancy? I don't think it did. But again, they focused mainly on Steve Jones on his story and everything. But it was really good. I really loved what was going on. They really explained uh the songs that they had. They only put out one album. Uh, never mind the Bullocks, here's the Sex Pistols. Um, it's an amazing, amazing album. I love it. After watching this, uh, this little series, I was listening to that album over and over and over again. So it was really cool. Uh, I loved what was going on. It was, it was really rushed because they only did it in six episodes. Each episode was like 50 minutes or something like that. So that, that, that was cool. I was glad it wasn't like a half hour, but I thought it was a really good show. It's just a quick little history lesson on based off of Steve Jones's book on, on the Sex Pistols. Um, from what I understood, the only ones that really signed on to this to to say it was all right was Steve Jones, um, Glenn Matlock, and Paul Cook, uh, the basically the band. Johnny Rotten, John Lydon, 
he was going off saying all kinds of stuff in interviews saying this this movie was or this show was bullshit uh he it didn't he didn't give it the okay they didn't they asked him but he was if you know who johnny rotten john lyden is yeah he's got a big head and an attitude problem <laughs> but hey i still loved him when he was fronting uh sex pistols as well as a uh, public image limited but um it was a really really good uh series i mean i, I was surprised and I was surprised because I just finished this before, like days before the year ended, and and it and it's, it swept right in. Uh, again, I've been a Sex Pistols fan since I was a kid, and, and it was good to see this. So I really loved it. If you are also a Sex Pistols fan and you haven't seen this yet, and you have Hulu, definitely, definitely check it out. And coming in at my number six spot is Pistol. All right, all right, all right. Uh... My number six definitely hinted at what my number five was going to be, and that was Big Brother, uh, the show I spent far and away the most time on this year. It just has to have a spot on my countdown because no other show depends more time for me than this show between uh, the three episodes a week, the live feeds, the uh, daily breakdowns from Cliff Hogg, and uh, I added... uh, the Rob has a podcast guys this year. Uh, just so much of my entertainment time is absorbed uh, in the summer. Uh, July, August, and September is uh, usually completely absorbed by Big Brother. And it was again this year. And um, what looked like it might turn out to be a, a rough season uh, ended up being one of the most amazing seasons and the most honorable winner of all time. Uh, Taylor uh, was so exciting to see her journey and um, her just do what she did and uh, kind of prove people wrong. People really uh, stereotyped her and misjudged her and she showed kindness and grace throughout it all. She had, probably the best um, finale night speech the show has ever seen uh, in its 24 seasons here in the U.S. So, uh, And it really just did set a standard for uh, hopefully people being better people going forward. Uh, there was a few things along the way. Um, the way that uh, Paloma acted at the very beginning of the season before she self-evicted, the way Daniel and Nicole kind of teamed up and, and, and do what they were doing their thing. And then eventually uh, the Kyle kind of his ill thought out uh, (laughs) all people of color working together theory it really does set the table going forward for people to learn from it and act better in the house. So I'm hoping people can take that lesson and just be better in the future. So, but uh, along the way, like I said, um, great cast, uh, great season, especially uh, coming off of season 22 and 23, where pretty much everything went in order. And while 23 had the amazing cookout, it still provided no surprises. We knew who was going week, week by week. 
so it was nice to come back here and have some surprises and have the amazing uh, leftovers come together. One of the coolest alliances the show has ever seen. So anyways, uh, yeah, I felt just as based on how much time I spent on it, it definitely deserved a spot in my countdown. And that was uh, season 24 of Big Brother in my number five spot. Didn't make my spot. I came in somewhere in the middle. If you guys listen to all that and our our anchor big brother feed, it was fun to do. Well, probably not. Uh, Again, shout out to Indy. She was only, she was the one that made (laughs) me go, all right, I got to see who this chick is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You just got to see the next cast. We're not going to, I'm not going to ask you to go all out. I just want to see what you think about uh, season 25 cast. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're lucky. I, I I did what I did because I. Oh I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't expect no you to do that, that. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, All right, coming in my number spot. This was a show that was on Amazon, Amazon Prime. Uh, I loved the first two movies with Tom Cruise, and this is the TV series Reacher. Jack Reacher was arrested for murder, and now the police need his help, based on the books by Lee Child. Uh, this uh, stars Alan Rickson, Richardson, Richardson, I think that's his name. He plays Jack Reacher. Uh, Wilhelmina Fitzgerald as Roscoe Colton. Uh, Malcolm Goodwin as Oscar Finley. Hugh Thompson as Officer Baker. Bruce McGill, a.k.a. Doomsday, as Mayor Governor Tail, and a bunch of other people. Um, I was I just watched the first episode to see if, if it was any good. Man, this, sh- this show was hella good. Uh, it was nine episodes, and I was in. I, I was all in on it. I even got uh, Renee to sit down and watch it. She loved it uh, as well. I had no idea this was going to make my end of the year because it, I just didn't really think it was going to be all that. Like, he had two cool movies, the first one being the best one, and uh, I believe we're getting another season, so we're going to get the further adventures uh, of Reacher. So I'm in. Uh, this guy, he's way bigger than Tom Cruise, but I think he did a good job. He just came rolling into town and then just got into this adventure and a, a murder case and everything, and he just kicked ass. I, I think one of the best scenes in this is when uh, he had to go to prison, and he just beat the hell out of all these prisoners that were in there. And uh, they gave him his respect and left him alone. So, but yeah, this show was hella good. Uh, I want to watch. I only watched it once. I want to watch the whole season again. And yeah, that's coming in at my number five spot. And that is Reacher. Yeah, I did really enjoy that one too. I just didn't get to finish it. So uh, definitely on my list to get done. Um, I'll give away one of my uh, runner-ups. I didn't finish it, so it couldn't uh, make my list. That was another Amazon show, The Peripheral. So um, probably as soon as I finish The Peripheral, I'll I'll jump over to uh, Reacher and finish that. (laughs) Cool, cool. All right. Mm. Uh, Moving on to my number four spot. Um, A little bit of a surprise for me just because – This was the first year I came in definitely with a little apprehension, a little unsure. Uh, The first three seasons, uh, I couldn't have been more excited. Even season one, I remember being just excited about the idea of it. But this was the first season I was a little cautious. And uh, surprisingly, I felt it lived up to the hype. It uh, really delivered, in my opinion. And that was uh, season four of Stranger Things. 
cut across uh, two releases. They released the first seven episodes on May 27th, and then the final two episodes on July 1st. Um, these were supersized episodes compared to previous seasons where the runtime was 40 to 50 minutes episode. Just to give you a quick rundown, um, chapter one was an hour 18 minutes, two was 117, three was an hour and three minutes, four was an hour 18 minutes, five was an hour 16 minutes, six was an hour 15 minutes, seven an hour 38 minutes and then the final two eight was one hour 25 minutes and the final episode was two hours 19 minutes so the content was there i was a little wary at first that uh, they were going to add a lot of stuff they didn't need but uh, in the end uh, there wasn't a lot i thought that was wasted time like they did tell the story they wanted to and they needed to and uh it sets us up well for the uh, fifth and final season so I'm back on board, and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, Stranger Things definitely uh, earned a spot in my countdown this year. Uh, Stranger Things season four at number four. Yeah, that show would be an honorable mention. Didn't didn't make the cut for me. Not to say it wasn't good. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the two the two songs were made such a cultural impact. Like back out of nowhere uh, running up that hill and master of puppets uh, master of puppets was always there everybody it no, was that. always there but it, all of a sudden both of them were like number one number two on the countdown it was master of puppets is like crazy one of the to see you know greatest songs ever written on, on the one of the best albums, probably my favorite album of metallica's master of puppets right um it was cool to to see to see it, uh, and when I finally I I didn't I already knew it was there. I just I, when I got to it, I got to it. But it was an awesome season. It sucked that uh, we're not getting another one with Eddie. Who knows? Maybe he's oh, yeah, alive. Maybe. maybe he's alive in the under not underworld, right. but upside down. <laughs> but all right, everyone, uh, coming in at my number four spot. Uh, I know it made number last year. It got two spots because we got a season at the beginning of the beginning of the year and then at the end of the year. But this year we got Cobra Kai season five coming in, uh, coming in hot with a high kick uh, in my number four spot. But this is I don't even need to go into what it is. Cobra Kai. If you guys haven't seen it, you better watch it. Uh, you got five seasons to get through season six coming and I cannot wait for season six. Some people are saying it might be it. If it is, cool. Uh, I'm in. He gave us six seasons, which I didn't even think we were going to get that. I mean, I loved the first season, and it was like, I think it was my number one show that year. But, man, it was it was just so awesome uh, in this. I, I just couldn't believe But to bring back Terry Silver and Mike Barnes, oh, man. Well, Terry Silver was in, in last season, but Mike Barnes came back in it. And I thought he was going to be a bad guy, but now nah, he was a good guy. Spoiler alert. But when he had his scenes, oh, as well as Chosen. Chosen was in the seat last season, but he came when they were in Japan, but he came to America to help uh, join in in the fight. And he was badass in this. I, I, I can't wait to, to see what's coming. Um, I watched this season twice. Uh, talking about it, man, I, I want to watch it again because it, it was amazing. It was such, other than a nostalgic uh, feeling to watch to see Ralph Macchio again uh, come back as uh, Daniel LaRusso 
uh, since 2018 when the first season came out. That was when it was on YouTube Red or whatever it was back then. But uh, now Netflix took over, so got more money. And uh, hopefully I would like more seasons. But again, if they end it with season six, I'm not going to be mad at it. I'm going to be happy that we got six awesome seasons. And yeah, this is coming in at my number four spot, and that is Cobra Kai. You set? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That was it. Uh, Yeah, no, I was listening. (laughs) I was like, okay. Anyways, um, number three on the countdown, uh, headed back to HBO and uh, the world of Westeros, House of the Dragon. It's my number three spot. An internal succession war within House Targaryen at the height of its power, 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen, who people would know from uh, the original Game of Thrones TV show. This was uh, 10 episodes that ran uh, from August through October of this year. Uh, I didn't know what to think about this, especially after, uh, you know, Thrones was so fun during its run, but uh, didn't really land its landing. So uh, I was a little cautious about uh, what we were going to get here, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, No surprise. They brought their, they combined uh, the idea behind their two most popular shows at HBO Game of Thrones and Succession, you take that idea and mash it together and you get House of the Dragon. Um, The interesting thing here, too, was uh, they were definitely not cautious about uh, moving through time. Uh, Almost per episode, they move multiple years. And then about halfway through the the uh, first season they go so far as to recast a good amount of the actors uh as their older self so um like uh teen characters one episode and the next thing you know they're like more like 30 ish so uh yeah big time jumps in this one but uh supposedly uh, they want to go uh, four or five seasons with this one was was the plan, but uh, with the way that uh, HBO Discovery everything's in a flux. We were talking about it on the comic book show how DC's just a huge mess, and they're still going to put out Aquaman and Flash, but who knows what counts? And Flash was supposed to like reset things and was supposed to have Keaton Batman eighty nine, but now that doesn't count and who knows what they're doing. And uh, the last thing I read is uh, House of the Dragon will get its season two, but all the other Game of Thrones ideas have been shelved by uh, HBO Discovery. So I think I mentioned too on the other pod how uh, not only did Westworld get canceled and not to get to complete its story, um, I guess HBO is just flat out taking it off its service on uh, HBO streaming and HBO Max. Like, yeah, they're going to sell it to whoever they can. So whoever they sell it to, whether it be Netflix or Amazon, maybe uh, they'll continue the story because that's uh, that's a show that they only needed one more season to complete. 
their story too. So yeah, who knows, but I, just, it's kind of crazy what's going on with, uh, across the board with this whole HBO discovery thing. All their content is, uh, is definitely up in the air, but, um, Either way, like I said, uh, I did. I was pleasantly surprised by uh, House of the Dragon this year. There was a lot of uh, fantasy shows that dropped this year: Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and Sandman. And there's all kinds of fantasy shows left and right, but uh, House of the Dragon really did stand out as far as its story. So, yeah, easy in at the uh, number three spot for me. I didn't see any of it, so I'll eventually get to it when I get to it. Yeah, but. yeah, it's good when you get to it. <laughs> All right, coming in at my number three spot, which is sad because it got canceled and we only got two seasons. And I was like, man, I'm hoping somebody picks it up so we can get the further adventures of <clears throat> what's her nuts, uh, Reagan and Nathan Rutherford. And that is Rutherford Falls um, season two. Uh, it was hilarious. Uh, a small town in the Northeast turned upside down when a local legend town namesake Nathan Rutherford fights to move, m- fights the moving of an historical statue. And that was the beginning. That was the first season. But there was just further adventures of what was going on in Rutherford Falls and all the hijinks and everything. Ed Helms being Nathan Rutherford. Uh, Janice Schmanding, I think his name was Reagan Wells. Uh, the awesome Jesse Lee is Bobby Yang. He was badass. Michael Grayeyes uh, is Terry Thomas. Uh, these are these two are one of my favorites in the show. Julia Jones and Bobby Wilson. They played Sally and Wayne and Dallas Good Goodtooth uh, as Nelson. He came uh, this season and friend of the show Geraldine Keems. Uh, she's in it as well. And uh, Kimberly Guerrero. She pops up in this. And uh, what's her nuts? Uh, Dear woman. Uh, ooh, I can never say her name. Kenny Garrick. I think can can I. Sorry, girlfriend. I, something horn. I can't remember. I can't pronounce her first name. She played Feather Day. Uh, but it was hilarious. And getting the news that it was canceled, I was like, ah, oh, man. So, I mean, we finally got a, a good show uh, with uh, positive na- native representation and uh, writers and everything. And it was a, it was an awesome show. So, but I don't know what they're doing over there on Peacock. So, but yeah, it ended. But. Uh, I hope they keep it on there or put them on Blu-ray so I can buy them and I can have both seasons. If it is, I I don't know. It it might be. But Rutherford Falls, awesome, awesome show. I love it. Uh, I can watch this. This is one of those ones I can just throw on it and have it in the background and watch it and still stop and enjoy and laugh at all the further, all the the crazy adventures that they had in Rutherford Falls because it was an amazing show. Sucks, again, that it got canceled. Yeah, number three, Rutherford Falls. Cool, cool. Yeah, I been meaning to to watch it i guess i better while it's still on peacock uh, but like you said who knows maybe it can be picked up somewhere and revived it seems like maybe just like westworld that's like the nature of things now if it doesn't work out one place uh, it can definitely be picked up somewhere else <laughs> yeah i hope so fingers crossed yeah all right, uh, my number two spot. Uh, my 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 number two and my number one this year were ones I knew nothing about coming into the year, and usually that's what I love. I love when a, a show or a movie surprises me, and both my number two and my number one um, weren't on my radar at all. Radar at all completely surprised me. Uh, so number two 
was the Lincoln Lawyer. I talked about this a lot when it first came out, and I've talked a lot about the movie, my love for the movie. This is... Oh, did I tell you I watched the movie? No. <laughs> Dude, that was hella good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it was all, I was bored one night. I said, oh, man, let me just watch this and get it over. I forgot all about it until you brought it up. I, now I want to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I love the movie. I love Matthew McConaughey as the Lincoln lawyer, as uh, Mickey Holler. Um, here, this is also based off the author of the books. It's a it's a series of novels, this story, The Lincoln Lawyer. Uh, Michael Conley's best-selling novels. He's also the one that writes Bosch, uh, which is a TV show that airs on um, Amazon. And interestingly, there is a crossover between the characters. There is a Bosch in the world of Lincoln Lawyer, too. Um, it's not the same actor, so it's not a full crossover like that. But uh, it's cool. This guy's... Uh, I, I haven't actually read this guy's work, but uh, I have a feeling I'd like it. He, he has... Uh, the whole kind of idea is these kind of play-by-their-own-rules... You got Bosch in the, in the, in the, as far as like a police character. And then you got, uh, Mickey Holler, the Lincoln lawyer is, is kind of the same way. He's a do whatever it takes lawyer. But at the, at the, the core of both of these characters, there's like an honorable guy who they may do whatever, but also they're going to also do the right thing no matter what it may be so that's what's really cool um all that being said this is described as uh, mickey holler an iconoclast idealist runs his law practice out of the back seat of his lincoln as he takes on cases big and small across the expansive city of los angeles sidelines after an accident for almost a year holler is back in the courtroom recovering from a drug habit when hollywood lawyer jerry vinson is murdered Holler inherits his practice, including the defense of Trevor Elliott, a tech billionaire accused of murdering his wife and her lover. But as Holler prepares for the case that could launch him into the big time, he also learns that Vincent's killer may be coming for him next. So um, there's elements that remind me of the movie, but this also is a thing of its own. And also on that matter, um, the main actor, Manuel Garcia Rufalo, uh, he plays Mickey Holler, and he really, he does his own take of it. Like, McConaughey's McConaughey, and I love his take on The Lincoln Lawyer, but this guy is his own guy, and he's not trying to be McConaughey or, like, copy that type of performance. He brings something else completely different, but he's also... A quite likable character too so that was cool this also stars nev campbell uh becky newton angus sampson jazz recall uh christopher gorman um checking out the imdb they do have a second season listed so uh i'm hyped that's happening back when it first came out i zipped through it talked about it on the show and i was saying i hope it comes back and Things looked good because when it did first come out back in May, um, it stayed number one, number two on the, the rankings for a long time uh, on Netflix 
uh, TV rankings. So I was glad to see people were watching and it looks like enough people were watching to get a second season. So I can't wait for more of that. Uh, there was a little hook, uh, for season two, as far as, uh, what we got in season one. So I'm glad, uh, it looks like that's happening. And like I said, this one surprised me, um, as much as I love the movie, this definitely could have been a disappointment, but I loved it. And, uh, yeah, easy at my number two. And that's uh, Netflix's the Lincoln lawyer. All right. Coming in my number two, uh, there's still three more episodes, but we got pretty much the whole season all together. So I, 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 I'm putting it on the list. I couldn't wait a year just for three more episodes. But are those these next three episodes going to suck? I don't think so. Because every episode up to this point right now has been awesome. And this show coming into my number two spot is the Paramount Plus original Tulsa King. Following, oh, wow. his, following his release from prison, Mafia Capo Dwight, the general man, man Freddy, is exiled to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he builds a new criminal empire with a group of unlikely characters created by Taylor Sheridan. And this stars the great Sylvester Stallone, uh, Andrea Savage, Martin Starr, Jay Will, Max Casella, I think that's how you say his name, Dominic Lombardozzi, uh, A.C. Peterson, uh, Vincent Piazza, uh, Garrett Hudlin, Dana Delny, I think that's her name, and a bunch of other people. All right. Tulsa King. I don't think I've talked about this on the show. If I did, you I don't haven't. remember. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. This, this show. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. He was telling me, dude, you got to watch it. Dude, it's hella good. I was like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then finally, I was like, you know what? Let me just uh, let, me, let me give it a shot. Oh, man. There was a few episodes already going by the time I sat down to watch it. And, man, it's a week-to-week show, and it sucks. But, oh, my God, every episode was awesome. Um, Sylvester Stallone, I know he's hit and miss uh, with movies and everything, but he's one of my childhood idol idols, action, Rocky, Rambo, everything. Oh, man. And it's, it's cool to see. I mean, I was watching Rocky the other day to see how young he was uh, in the 70s, but to watch him now, in this show and he's he's all gray and everything man he, he's still in shape he's he could he's still out there doing it man i i i just I could not believe how awesome this show was I, it was just like what the hell's going on um taylor sheridan man he he puts out a lot of good stuff movies tv shows that he's that he's a part of but man this show is amazing every just every episode has been like Keep me at the edge of my seat. Stallone is 76 years old. Straight out of Hell's Kitchen. For like where like Daredevil. But man, I, I love this show, dude. If you haven't started it, dude, wait until all <laughs> the last three episodes air. So you can uh, you can sit down and watch it. But man, this show is so good. Wow. Um, okay. he just, he's just kicking ass. Uh his crew uh, that's with him are awesome. He just rolls into town uh, after he gets out. He was in prison for 25 years, and then uh, he gets exiled to Oklahoma because uh, the family that he was working for, they're like, hey, man, yeah, you did your time. You kept your mouth shut. You didn't rat, but we're going to need you to go over there just to basically get out of their hair. So he shows up, doesn't really know what the hell. So I'm in the middle of nowhere. He rolls in. He hooks up with this uh, guy. Uh, this black guy named Tyson, Jay Will, he, he just picks him up from the airport. 
And he goes, all right, man. He's driving around and takes him to some fancy hotel. Well, if we took him to a small little roadside motel, he was like, this, this is the best you got. And he goes, no, take me to something fancier. So took him to downtown Tulsa to whatever hotel that is. But then as we're driving along, he sees this a dispensary. That's where Martin Starr, uh, Bodie's at. He, he's running it. So he, he goes in there and it starts talking to him and basically hustles his way into that business. Like, look, man, um, you give me this much money every week. I'll be your protection to ride to uh, wit off all the other the rival crews. And Bodie's like, what the hell are you talking about? And everything. Because Bodie's been gone for so long. Uh, uh, Dwight, he's been gone for so long. He didn't know weed, weed was legalized. So he was just like, well, all right. So he's just slowly starting to get his small little business. But then he kind of moves in on this uh, local uh, motorcycle club. Uh, that's it's kind of like um, like Sons of Anarchy. They're, they're doing dirt uh, in Tulsa area. So he's he's kind of battling with them. But, man, uh, it, this show is awesome. There's also a dealing. Uh, he ends up banging some uh, ATF uh, agent. Um and she gets involved in, in all of this, so it, it's crazy. It's like Sons of Anarchy meets the Mafia, and they and they're battling, and Stallone's running the whole show. But it's it's hilarious. Uh, the drama is there, and when the action kicks in, it's cool. Not like shoot 'em, shoot 'em up action, but every just every, a fight or some shootouts every now and then. But I just I couldn't believe it um, that this was going to be my number two show. But this is one of those ones I hate watching a week to week. But man, I yeah. just. Ah, I, I can't get enough. As soon as the season's over, I'm going to whip through the whole thing again. And coming wow. in, coming in at my number two spot, Paramount Plus is Tulsa King. Yeah. Awesome. I love to hear about surprises. And uh, now you definitely excited me to uh, check it out. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's hella good. Check it out. Nice. All right. Coming for that number one spot. Like I said before, uh, before uh, I talked about Lincoln Lawyer 2, uh, love when a show surprises me, and this did. I talked about it a lot about on the show. Well, actually, I talked about it once when it first uh, debuted. This was also week to week. It started uh, the first three episodes went up July 28th, and then the final episode went up September 1st. So I talked about it two different times just because uh, I loved it so much. Uh, it's getting my number one spot here, and this was... Uh, the Peacock Show, The Resort, exploring love and the weird things we do in the name of it, encased in elaborate true crime conspiracy mystery. This one started starred uh, Christine Malati, William Jackson Harper, uh, Skylar Gassando, Nina Bloomgarden, and uh, the awesome Nick Offerman. Uh, excited to see him in here. This was only uh, eight episodes, and it looks like that's all it may ever be. It's the kind of show where if they ever did another season, it would have to be probably all new characters, almost like that idea of White Lotus. Um, the resort would probably have to be a whole new cast, a whole new mystery. But I really love this um, I guess I'm I'm not surprised just because it's um, from the creator of Mr. Robot, Sam Ismail. I also loved his uh, show he did for Amazon, uh, Homecoming. But yeah, this show is just so cool just because it's hit so many of the stuff I love, uh, mysteries. 
And like I talked about my number 10 show, how early on the patient uh, kept hitting with surprises, but then eventually cooled off. Uh, the resort actually did a good job of keeping you intrigued and it kept the surprises coming. It kept building on it and it kept you looking forward till the next episode until the completion. Um, it's, it's a little bit romance. It's a little bit mystery. Uh, it's also a little bit sci-fi. There's a little bit of a supernatural element to it too. So there's just a lot to like about the show. There's two time periods, a more modern kind of 2002 timeline, like when the show dropped. And then I think it's uh 2006, 2007 era timeline too, that they deal with. So there's multiple timelines. And even that was interesting uh, just to see things like uh, the smartphone technology of the time and like people even asking like what a selfie is in that era. And it's like, man, come a long way as far as uh, that kind of stuff goes. But yeah, like I said, this one was also a lot of fun. I've caught up with so much shows with uh, Jade during her visit here. I'm actually surprised this is my number one show here and I've only watched the first episode over with her. But yeah, far and away, this was my number one show this year, the resort. I loved it so much. And uh, yeah, I uh, definitely will probably be revisiting the show as it is my number one show. So yeah, uh, loved the show and I love the surprise of it too. Um, didn't know anything about it. Heard they went to Comic-Con this year uh, to show their premiere. So that's kind of what got me interested in the first place. And uh, I'm glad I checked it out because I loved this show. And that was The Resort, my number one spot. What's that on? Peacock. Okay. <clears throat> All right. You guys know me. You know what my number one show is. Yep. <laughs> and this is uh, FX Reservation Dogs. Had to be. Come <laughs> Comedy series about four Native American teenagers growing up on a reservation in eastern Oklahoma. Uh, created by Taika Watiti and uh, Sterling Harjo. And this stars Devery Jacobs as Laura Dannon, DeForo Wotai as Bear Smallhill, Lane Factor as Cheese, the great Paulina Alexis as Willie Jack, Elva Guerrera, Jackie, Sarah Padent, Pominski, I think that's her name. She plays Rita. Uh, Lil Mike and Funny Bone, uh, Mosey yeah. Miko, Zon McLaren is big. Um, Dallas Goodtooth is a spirit. Um, Kirk Kirk Fox, Kenny Boy, the great Gary Farmer, Uncle Brownie, John Proud star is Leon, um, Willie Jack's dad. Uh, Jenna Schmierding is Bev. Um, Jude Bennett, Brent Barnett, uh, Bone Thug Dog, uh, Jake Marcy, White Steve. Uh, shout out to Xavier Big Pond. He plays Weez. I met him when I went to the uh, the, uh, the season, yeah, the first two episodes premiere uh, in Oklahoma. And man, this show is awesome. I loved it. Uh, I loved the first season. That was my number one show last year. Um, shout out to uh, Geraldine Keems, uh, friend of the show. Um, but this season first season was good it was amazing i loved it i loved every episode but this season was a little bit rougher <laughs> uh with some of the episodes uh just had me in tears and and had me in happy tears um the first episode the curse that was really cool 
a second one run uh roofing now that one was awesome but this uh one two three it was the fourth episode mabel it was when um the laura dannon's grandma was uh sick and she was passing away just brought the community together and everything and oh my god i cried my eyes out with this episode it was just so sad but at the end it was really happy uh, what was going on and i wish these shows were so much longer each episode was longer but i mean you give us what you can give us in 20 something minutes but it, that episode was probably my favorite episode of the season uh the next one a uh, wide net when the antis go wild at the ihs conference that part was awesome uh the, the episode six the decolonization episode this made me laugh the most because that it was all the kids they were sitting there at a youth summit and listening to these these uh natives that come that just i i was like <laughs> I, i've been there like these, these guys uh shout out to what's her name from prey uh, amber mid thunder she comes in and she's just like, yeah, we're we're spiritual and this and that and everything. And when you're a kid, especially kids from the city, you're sitting there listening to these people like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout out to her character. Yeah, she was uh, she was from the Bay Area. So that part made me laugh hella hard. A lot of my friends was man, I feel bad at that part, man. I felt like someone took a shot at me, but <laughs> I, I laughed at it. I thought it was hilarious, <laughs> but uh, stay gold cheese boy. That was really cool. Uh, this is where the plot thickens when he was dealing with Big, and he got, uh, <laughs> I think it was ecstasy or something, I can't remember, he, he drank some of that that was in the soda that Kenny Boy and those guys were making, and uh, he went on a spiritual journey, but it was really good. Uh, offerings, when uh, Willie Jacks went to go see, um, uh, what's his name's mom in prison, um, that was Daniel's mom. That was, oh, that one was, that was a real powerful episode, it had me in tears as well. Uh, but the final uh, season finale, I still believe when they finally get to uh, do their pilgrim, 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 pilgrimage or whatever you call it um, to California uh, from Oklahoma. They finally get there for to for Daniels. Um, it was just one of his wish for them to finally get to California and they finally get there. And uh, all hell falls apart uh, there. But the way the season ended was amazing. Uh, uh, it was awesome. Uh, it was it was sad at the end when they were all uh, in the in the water hugging each other and then Daniel standing there with him. Oh, it was rough. I think that episode got me too because <sighs> it's been ten years now. Kyle went to uh, be with the older ones, to be with his ancestors, his family. But the ocean, Pacific Ocean, was Kyle's favorite place to go to. And when they finally got there at the end of that episode, and they were all in the water, and Daniel showed up and he was there. Every time I go to the ocean, even that last time when I was uh, in Eureka and we went there. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, With your grandson. That was so cool. You know? uh, That was. I mean, when they were running from the waves and everything, I 
And my grandson Daniel looks just like Kyle. And that was all I saw. So, but this show is just, it hits me every time, every episode. I'll laugh my ass off, I'll cry. And it just, I'm just, I, I can't, if I ever meet Sterling, I didn't get to meet him this time because he had COVID. He couldn't show up to the premiere. So hopefully next uh, next season, um, fingers are crossed that I get to go again. And I just want to thank him. If I ever get to meet Taika at some point, I want to thank him for this. Other than all the awesome things that he has done, right? this, right. this is a big, big thank you to Taika uh, for help putting this together. I think if it wasn't for wasn't well, even Sterling said if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have had this show because they said Taika FX came to him and said, "Hey, do you got anything else that you would right. like to do?" And he's he like, did, "You know uh, what? Shadows, right?" Yeah, he was like, "You know what? I do got something." And then this is what we got: his friends, friends with Sterling, and they got Reservation Dogs. Awesome. So we do got season three coming. I have no idea when that's gonna. Yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. think they started filming yet. But this okay. show is. Awesome. I love it. Um, I did get to meet Bear really quick when I went to the L.A. Skins Fest. Uh, him and his girlfriend, he was really cool. Just talked to him for like a second, but he was awesome. But to see uh, when Geraldine Keens, when she came on the show, and we were talking about uh, her career. It was a really quick interview. And uh, well, of her dealing that one of my awesome films, uh, The Car, that she was in. That scene when uh, the episode Mabel, when she was passing, that was, that was rough. But that's how that's how we are. I mean, that's how natives are, man. We we celebrate your life, and we'll celebrate your passing and and everything. And that was good, just to have a house full of people, everyone coming together, and sharing, eating, laughing, and everything. But it, it was sad when when she passed. And then and she all, said, "Don't don't sell my uh, collection." <laughs> yeah, don't sell my uh, whatever a uh, mint collection of plates or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't don't be. A, don't be a shit ass. So <laughs> it was, oh man, it, it was, it was rough this season in a good way. It was, I would say it was it, a lot oh more than God. season one. This was a heavy season. Yeah, it was, it was real. I was like, oh, <laughs> but it was awesome. Everybody in it, these young brothers and sisters that, that, that are acting in the show is just awesome. Shout out to cheese. Uh, with his awesome uh, taste of music, uh, Guar and uh, Shade <laughs> and all the other crazy T-shirts that he wore in this <laughs> thing, it, it was it was awesome. But uh, Willie Jack, Paulina Alexis, she's my favorite. I just loved how hardcore she is. And um, Devery Jacobs, she helped write uh, the Mabel episode. Um, and I was uh, not because I mean I love her, uh, but I. That again, that was my favorite episode. So if I ever if I ever met her, and I, my fingers are crossed that I do get, I hope I get to meet all of them. Uh, well, the rest of them, I already met Bear. I, I would like to tell her thank you for that episode because that one was really really strong and powerful, and it was something that needs to be seen. And I'm glad it was it was put on the film and everything. And being on Hulu, we can watch it over and over and over again. I, I don't even know how many times I watched the season. Wow! Nice. I watched it straight through first few times, and then I just started bouncing around doing episodes. And right. Mabel, Mabel was the last one that I watched the other night, and just sat there. I mean, I knew it was coming, but it was still it was like the first time I watched it, and just fucking tears coming out of my eyes. But Reservation Dogs, number one, 
will be number one again next year? I'm gonna say yeah, probably. <laughs> but right. <laughs> uh, uh, but there's there's a lot of good TV. I'm um, again. I hope Reacher. Hope Reacher makes it back uh, to this list. So uh, let me read back my list. Um, number ten, Abbott Elementary. Number nine, Dark Winds. I'm not sure if we're getting another season of that, but I don't know if we do. I'll watch it. Uh, number eight, this is Guar. Number seven, Tony Hawk until the wheels fall off. Six, Pistol. Five, Reacher. Four, Cobra Kai season five. Three, Rutherford Falls Season 2, Tulsa King, and number one, Reservation Dogs Season 2. Yeah. What do you got? All right. My number 10 was the FX show The Patient. Number nine was also the FX show The Dropout. Number eight, once again, FX, Welcome to Wrexham. Number seven was HBO's The White Lotus. Six was CBS's The Amazing Race. Five was CBS's Big Brother. Four was Netflix's Stranger Things Season 4. Three was HBO's House of the Dragon. Two was Netflix's The Lincoln Lawyer. And number one was Peacock's The Resort. Um... Real quick, I wanted to say my four that I wrote down. They were definitely in contention, and I thought about putting a few of them in place of the patient. But in the end, uh, the patient had a strong enough start to hold on to its 10 spot. And a couple of these I didn't finish. I didn't finish The Old Man, but what I saw, I did really like that FX show. Uh, the English, the show on Amazon, uh, that was really good too. I just didn't finish it, so I uh, felt like I couldn't put it on the list. The same with uh, The Peripheral on Amazon, didn't finish it, so I uh, couldn't put that there. I did finish Rings of Power, and uh, that seemed like a really divisive show. People seemed to either love it or hate it. There was a lot of hate for it. While I didn't hate it, it also didn't blow me away. There were a few cool things, a few surprises, but uh, it didn't make me want to revisit it. it, it's, it I don't know how, if it's a show I would ever revisit again. Um, I would watch the second season. I assume that's coming, but um, didn't do enough to make my list this year. You remember any other uh, quick hits? Yeah, old. <laughs> I didn't finish list? old I, I, if i would have finished it it would have made my list but right i didn't Same. i didn't i didn't get it i didn't get all the way through it because i started watching yep. other things but made um, it three in so yeah that one uh again stranger things but i was honorable mention um young sheldon of course honorable mention yeah. that was my number one <laughs> one year um uh, we were i was watching that and daniel was like I don't like how he sounds now because he's getting older. <laughs> so, but uh, it, it was still cool. The, uh, the show is funny. It's awesome. Um, but geez, I, there was so much other TV. Um, hmm. Stuff that I watched every week. I, I, I don't, I don't remember. Um, right. <laughs> there, there was, again, there was so much. Yeah. I, 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 when I was writing things down, I was just, I knew, well, at first I knew off what my number one was going to be. I didn't even watch the, the full season yet, <laughs> but right. um, I, I just knew that that show was going to be number one, Reservation Dogs and everything. So I don't know. It'll be back on the list next year. Hopefully Reacher will be back. Um, and if we get another season of Tulsa King, 
yeah, I know we got three more episodes, but um, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, that one show I started. I need to go back to it. That one with Josh Brolin um, on Amazon. Um, that kind of sci-fi mystery show. Right. He finds that hole uh, out on his property. Um, I, I can't remember. You guys are probably screaming oh, the title. Uh, yeah, like uh, Open Range? Yeah, that. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to finish that. I thought that it was it was really interesting what was going on. And yeah. uh, what's her name from Reservation Dogs? She's in that. Uh, she plays uh, one of the sheriff, or she plays the sheriff, I think. Um, what the hell's her name? It's uh, Bears. She was one of the aunties. Um, she was the one that showed up uh, at the funeral when the one that uh, that was gone for a while, uh, and then she came back. What the hell is her name? Uh, I love her too, uh, as an as an actress and everything. Um, Tamara, uh, she played Teeny. Uh, she was on a few episodes, Res, but she's uh, she's on that show. Uh, I think Outer Range, that's what it's called. Um, she is the uh, deputy sheriff, uh, Joy, on that show. I want to go back and finish that. I'm kind of kicking myself that I didn't. I didn't finish it, but um, <laughs> probably would have made my list. But uh, my mistake, I started watching all kinds of other crap. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, everyone. Real quick for my list, uh, just out of curiosity, like what could and will not be back? The patient won't be back. The dropout won't be back. Uh, Welcome to Wrexham might be back and definitely would have a chance to make list next year i think white lotus will be back for season three this year so that has a chance amazing race and big brother will be back um stranger things i don't know if if the final season is this is this coming year i know house of dragon is not coming out this year it's not coming out till 2024 Uh, i hope the lincoln lawyer comes back and like I said, I don't think the resort will continue. And if it does, it'll be like a whole new story. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, just on first look, it looks like uh, got a lot of open spaces for uh, new shows this year. <laughs> the shows that I know out of my list, it'll be back. Reservation Dogs, Cobra Kai, uh, Reacher. I think there is a season two uh, and Ab- Abbott Elementary. I, those are the only ones that I know. That right. are coming back. Um, the other ones, documentaries, the uh, one-off. Um, Rutherford Falls got canceled, so right. I don't know. Well, we'll see. That'll probably be uh, more new stuff. And um, kicking myself, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't finish out of range or or old man. But yeah, I need to finish old man. <laughs> but I'm an old man, everyone. So, but yeah. But with that, that is it. This episode for our best of 2022 television. We yeah, got yeah. One, we got one more episode for you. Uh, we're doing the uh, our best uh, top ten films. But you know what? Let's do this really quick. Do you have a sports moment? Well, that's TV. <laughs> um, yeah, mine's easy because you just never know uh, when these things come around. Um, and it was the Warriors championship. It definitely wasn't for sure. It wasn't guaranteed. I remember talking about at the start of the year, how the start of uh, last season, how uh, one thing's for sure, the Warriors aren't winning the championship. I thought we were going to be competitive, but uh, 
next to our 2015 championship, this uh, 2022 championship was definitely uh, my favorite. Who knows? It could be the last one we get. You never know when that's going to be. Um, they've had a uh, you know a pretty on and off year this year as far as uh, they've got the best home record in the league but the worst road record in the league. They're playing about 500 basketball, but so are a lot of teams. Um, if the playoffs started today, we would be the sixth seed. We wouldn't have to uh, play in the play-in tournament. So uh, still plenty of time to go, still waiting for Steph <laughs> to come back, still waiting for Wiggins to come back. But yeah, just uh, that championship run was incredible. And it was like that 15-1, like it had never happened. That was the craziest. That was the most unbelievable. That was the most special, of course. Like first Warriors championship of my lifetime. And it just never felt like they'd ever get to that level. So that was amazing. The 17 and 18 one, we had Durant. And those were almost like givens. Not that to take anything away from it, a championship is a championship. But it was almost like that was written. So, um that kind of bumps those importance down a little, but uh, this last year was just an uh, amazing run. So, um, yeah, easy um, that championship because uh, it's definitely uh, going to be the, one of the most memorable uh, ever for me. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, my sportswoman of the year, 2022, uh, go to Saudi Arabia for uh, WWE's crown jewel. And the moment that I picked that was just like, oh, my God, moment was uh, Roman uh, Roman Reigns taking on Logan Paul. When Logan Paul came off the top rope and uh, landed on top of Roman Reigns, who was on the announce table, and Logan Paul filmed it, selfied it, live, I think he live-streamed it and dove off and landed on Roman Reigns, and it was just glorious. <laughs> I watched that over and over and I was like, ah, I was screaming and <laughs> it was actually a good match, man. Logan Paul, he got, he got beat up pretty hard, like really physically. Um, I think he broke some ribs and sprained this and that or tore something. I can't remember. He, he was like laid up uh, for a little while after that match, but he finished it. He, Roman Reigns ended up pinning him and, and winning it all, but Man, it was an amazing match for an awesome pay-per-view that took place over in Saudi Arabia in the Crown Jewel. But um, yeah, that's there's a lot of other good awesome moments uh, with wrestling and everything, baseball, uh, football, and hockey, and all that. But this one stood out the most because it was like oh, that my oh my god, holy shit moment, <laughs> and it, it was right. awesome. And uh, F the Raiders, they're eliminated. So I'm gonna <laughs> leave it at that. <laughs> right? Yeah, are you guys out too? Oh yeah, yeah. We we've been out even before we were were mathematically eliminated. We were we weren't going anywhere this year. It's such a lost season too. It's just so crazy because uh, Mr. Unlimited. Uh, it's 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 just for nothing. Like <laughs> we don't even get a good draft pick. Our, our draft pick goes to you guys. So the worst we are, and we're pretty bad. Uh, that pick goes to you. I think you guys are getting. We're we're probably right there, either second or worst or third worst record in the league. That's the number two or three pick in the draft for the Seahawks. Just <laughs> gifted, just gifted. We're hanging in there. I know. I think we got to beat the 49ers if we want to continue. But uh, fingers yep. are crossed. 
We got roughed One up by them. Shot. Yeah, we got roughed up by them twice. Um, so hopefully we can pull it out and uh, move forward and hopefully go the, the whole way so we can hoist the Lombardi trophy. But, oh, man, check out Chiseled Adonis. Shout out to him. That's how I uh, get all my football news for his uh, <laughs> YouTube channel and, and all his little craziness that he does on that show. I I can't wait. I, even even his basketball stuff, the NBA stuff, check all that stuff out. It's hilarious. But, yeah, uh, Crown Jewel, uh, Jake Paul and Roman Reigns match. Awesome, awesome. But, all right, everyone, that is going to be it this episode. Uh, please come back for more. we got one more episode, top 10 movies, and I also throw in my uh, top 10 horror movies of 2022. We're also going to talk about um, just one of our favorite moments of the year uh, that we've done. And favorite pop. I have yep. two in mind, really. <laughs> but okay. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, everyone. But yeah, come back next episode. Uh, <coughs> damn, come back next episode for all that. Sorry about all the coughing, everyone. I don't know. It just won't go away. But no, I'm not sick. Not going wood. Um. So, but with that, please be safe out there. Thank you again. Happy New Year. Uh, everyone, be safe out there and come back next time. So until then, party on. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Till next time, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time, you society. Peace.